0: Don't stop believing. Say it with me. I believe. I believe. I believe God. I believe believe that it shall be be even as it was told me. Hallelujah. You know know where that came from. You may be seated. Turn over to Acts chapter 27 and we'll show you just uh, where that came from. The Apostle Paul is... Stopped on his way to Rome by a major storm he tried to warn them not to take off but the Bible says that the south wind blew softly and uh, so they, they went forth on their trip and they faced this gigantic gigantic hurricane down south they call it hurricane but we're not down south so we'll call it hurricane I know Lynette Hagen calls it hurricane but in Acts chapter uh, twenty-seven, the, the apostle Paul was was comforted. An angel came on the scene, and the angel gave Paul a word, and he told him not to be afraid. And as soon as I get there, I'll tell you what verse it is in Acts twenty-seventh chapter, and uh, it's around verse uh, twenty-two. He says. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For this stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. You suppose the Lord still in the angel visitation business? Oh, yeah. Do you suppose the Lord is still in the angel business where he sends them forth to minister for us who are heirs of salvation? I mean, there's, if our eyes were open tonight, there's just many, many angels here tonight. Amen? And I believe God's got angels assigned toward us. And uh, as we speak forth the Word of God, the Bible says, they hearken to the voice of his Word. But this angel gave Paul a word. He said, saying, don't be afraid. Now, notice that right in the midst of a storm, the first thing the Lord wanted to say through that angel was, fear not. Everyone say, fear not. Fear not. He said, fear not, Paul, for you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. I love that. Amen. So Paul, standing up. And he's wanting to bring a word of encouragement to those that are on the ship. Because there was a whole lot of things happening. So he said in verse 25, wherefore sirs, be of good cheer. Notice he didn't say be full of fear. Thank God. Be of good cheer. Why? For I believe God. For I believe God. God, Amen? Amen. Just remember that when the storms of life try to hem you in, you say to demons, devils, and evil spirits, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. I'm not afraid of you. And so Paul says, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Has God told you anything? Has God spoken to you by His Spirit? Has He not spoken to us by 66 books from the Old Covenant right on through the book of Revelations? Well, glory to God. We've got exceeding great and precious promises so that when we hide this Word in our heart and we begin to declare it with our mouths, hallelujah, the angels of the Lord go forth. And and we're activating heaven on our behalf. I believe God. That's all there is to it. I believe God. Well, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? I'm not going to do anything about it in my own might or my own strength. But my trust is not in my human intelligence or my human reasoning. My trust is in him. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. I think you ought to get a little bit more excited about that tonight. Glory to God. Say with me, wherefore, sirs? I believe God. You get a diagnosis that says your life is going south. Wherefore, sir, I believe God. That it shall be even as it was told me. Well, what was told us about divine healing? That he bore our sins. He bore our sicknesses on the same day in the same body. He redeemed us from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty. Hallelujah. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. I believe, I believe I believe God. Yes, I believe God. I believe God. And faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Faith is the victory that overcometh a diagnosis. Faith is the victory that overcometh recession, poverty, and lack. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Glory to God. I believe God. I believe God. Well, what are you going to do this? What are you going to do? I'm just believing God. And I believe that I have received. And I believe that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What day are you talking about? The day of adversity. The day of testing. The day of trial. I believe God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Now notice this verse 25, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Now notice he said, I, where do you believe God? You don't believe him in your head. You believe him in your heart. And Paul, when he's saying, I believe God, he's saying, I, in my heart, I believe God. You believe with your believer. You receive with your believer. You receive with your receiver. Your believer is not on the outside of you. Your believer is not your body. Your body is fickle. Your feelings may be one way one day and another way the next day. You can't live by your feelings. You live by your feelings, man, you'll go crazy. You can't live by your natural mind and your natural thinking. That's why it says, trust the Lord with all the heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Yeah. But my point is this. I, I believe. I believe. I believe. I, the real me, the man on the inside of me, with the heart, Man believeth. And with the heart, I believeth. With the heart, you believe. The hidden man of the heart. The real you is a spirit man. And in your spirit, he has placed within you the capability to believe God. To believe God and to receive from God. Scriptures you could think of, you know, the hidden man of the heart, your spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. With the heart, man believeth. With the heart, man believeth. So he said, I believe God. See, to believe God with your spirit and with your heart is to believe Him independent of your feelings. So he said, I don't feel nothing yet. I don't see any changes yet. It doesn't matter. I believe. I believe. And no one can talk you out of what you believe if you won't let them. No symptom can talk you out of what you believe if you won't let it. No bill can talk you out of what you believe if you won't let it. I believe. I believe right here. And so then to believe... With the inner man is to believe independent of your mind, to believe independent of your physical body. Years ago, this tape back in those days, back in the 60s and 70s, Brendan and I worked for the Hagan Ministry in the 70s while we were pastoring a little church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, and I had the privilege of editing his, his tapes and putting his tapes. Uh, you know, reel to reels on cassettes, and sending all of his radio broadcasts around the world. So I would get paid literally to be in the Word eight hours a day, and I, and I was in that little editing suite, and there were there there were certain uh, teachings that just really really ministered to me. You know how that is. There's certain things that that just kind of jump off the pages of the Bible and get in your spirit. There's certain things that you've listened to, whether it be a CD or watched a DVD or listened to a tape years ago, and it just was a word for you at that time. And he had a little cassette called Believing God with the Inner Man. Believing God with the Inner Man. And I never heard anything like that in my life. He talked about things I talked about tonight. You are a spirit. You believe God in your spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And to believe God in your heart and with your heart is to believe him independent of circumstances. And man, in those days, there were plenty of circumstances, And in these days, there's plenty of circumstances. You'll never get away from circumstances as long as you live in this physical body. You'll never get away from testings and challenges as long as you're here on earth. Right? But what can happen for you is you can get stronger in faith today and grow stronger in faith tomorrow so that when those circumstances present themselves to you, they won't seem so daunting because you've been there before. And you know that faith brought you through the last time and you know the God of faith will bring you through every time that's why I want to encourage you don't allow yourself to worry don't allow yourself to get into the panic zone you know what panic is we've all felt it, we've all sensed it you know what anxiety is, you know what fear is you can feel fear and feel anxiety but not accept it. You can have faith in your heart while your knees are knocking. That's just an outward manifestation of your physical body. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. So don't don't allow yourself to go don't go crazy. It's no fun being crazy. And I shouldn't use that term loosely because I know people do have challenges with that. But lots of times people go that route because they're so selfish. They're so into themselves. And all they can think of is themselves. What am I going to do if this doesn't happen? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? And the enemy will join in. And he'll say, yeah, let's play that again. Let's, let's rewind that. Let, let, let's play that again. Hallelujah. you got the victory. I've got the victory. So he said, wherefore, sirs? I believe God. I believe him right here. Challenges. On the right, challenges on the left, challenges in your soul, challenges in your body, challenges in your finances, but God. But God. But God in my heart. God in my mouth. God in my thinking. God in my hands as I'm lifting them up to Him. And so you get God on the scene. By believing Him. Wherefore, sirs. Now notice this. Again in verse 25. You still there? Paul said, fear not. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Now here's a good indicator that you're believing God. You're not heavy. And some people think to be spiritual is to be heavy. You know, I've been in ministers' conventions before and, and uh, been around a lot of ministers, and, and some of them just look so sad and, and, and so heavy, you know. Things are so, so tough, you know. Oh, I live in the toughest city in the United States of America. You know, there's religious demons there, and, you know, Sister Bucket Mouth just tore the church up, and Jesus, geez, you know, just, just heavy, thinking it's real spiritual to be heavy. Being heavy is not a sign of spirituality. Being heavied out is a sign of carnality. It's living by the flesh. A real good, a good, a good strong. And I've been that. I've been heavy before. You know what I'm saying? I've been heavy and I've been light. And light's better. I want to go the light way. Light and easy, not heavy and queasy. How about you? Amen. So I've been there and. You know, I'm not putting anybody down for that, but I tell you, a real good, strong indicator of whether you believe in God for realsy is are you of good cheer? Have have you you got a spring in your step? Have you got a smile on your face? Hallelujah. Are you maintaining the glow? Are you staying full of the Spirit? And staying in the flow of the Spirit-filled life. Is your mouth filled with praise? Are your hands raised? Filled with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even though you haven't seen it yet, yet you still believe. Having not seen yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And and I'm not talking about, you know, being a put-on and being a phony. You know, sometimes you got to put it on, amen, Till the Spirit of God gets on you. Amen? And there ain't nothing wrong with that. But listen, if you're full of the Spirit and you're full of the Word of God, you're going to be happy. There's joy that comes from the Word of God. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, I believe in John 15 somewhere, he said, these things have I spoken unto you. What did he just speak to them? He spoke to them words. And he said, these things have I spoken unto you that your joy, what? Might be full. That your joy might be full. Amen. Amen. So joy comes through the spoken word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Joy comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But joy is also activated by presence. And that's why we're firm believers in His presence. When we come to church, we don't want to play church. When we really, really want to go into the throne room of grace. The throne room. Because in the throne room, there is an exchange that takes place. The Bible says when you wait upon the Lord, you renew your strength. That is, you exchange your strength for his strength. Amen. And you're able to mount up, you're able to run, you're able to walk and not be weary. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength. In his presence, what is there? there's fullness of joy your homework for some of you for the rest of this week is work on your joy level work on your joy level well pastor how do I how do I work on my joy level how how do I do that just relax his yoke is easy his burden is light open up the word open up the book And let Him speak to you. Just make a deposit in your heart of the Word all week long. And then if you speak in tongues, pray in tongues a while. And if you pray in tongues, you know what else you can do? You can sing in tongues. Somebody says, well, I don't speak in tongues and I don't sing in tongues. Do you speak in English? You can pray in English. And you can pray in English from your heart. You can have spirit-inspired prayers coming right out of here. And you can have spirit-inspired praise coming right out of here. So, if you don't speak in tongues, hey, just relax. You can get tanked up just by opening your mouth and praising God. Amen. Now, look at this verse again. I love it when we come to church and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Verse 25, wherefore, sirs? Be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, let me ask you a question tonight, class. How did Paul know not to be afraid? And how did Paul know that everything was going to be all right? How did he know it? He had a message. He heard a word. And the word was, no one's going to die. You're going to make it. Now, you cannot believe God apart from His word. I want you to notice that last phrase. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. To believe apart from what is written and to believe apart from what was told you by the Spirit of God will not work. And so... If I'm going to believe God, and you're going to believe God, we had better get busy knowing what He said to us. Okay? And that is, es muy importante. It really is. It's more important than some of you realize. It's important for you to know the Word for yourself. I love listening to great men of God preach the word. I love listening to people like T.D. Jakes and Kenneth Copeland and Keith Moore. But it's not what they know that will make me free. It's what I know and what I believe and what's been told me and what I believe down in here that will get me through. And I think this is one of the, the biggest things, especially... Um, in a church, for example, like on a Sunday morning, there are people that don't even think about cracking their Bible open until Sunday morning. And now because we've got the tron, it's easy not to even bring a Bible to church. I don't know how people can live without the word. In Matthew 4, 4, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so I encourage you to get in this word and let this word dwell in you richly. Now let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That was my introduction. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 now because you believe God you should be thanking God you should be thanking Him for what you have believed you have received well I'll, I'll thank Him when I see it when I feel it no that's not faith thank Him while the walls are still staring you in the face that's what they did in Jericho didn't they you suppose Joshua had the spirit of faith? Oh yes. He absolutely did. They walked around that city six times, and on the seventh time they shouted while the walls were staring them in the face, but the walls fell flat. Yes. Because they had the spirit of faith. Second Corinthians four 13. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the thirteenth verse says this. But we having the same spirit of faith, say the spirit of faith, faith. is the spirit spirit. of of victory. The spirit of faith is not having head knowledge, knowing a bunch of principles and And different things like that. The spirit of faith comes from the word of faith. And comes from the spirit of God. Inspiring that word. Causing it to come alive in your heart. We have in the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. There is that word again. I believed. And therefore have I spoken. We also believe. And therefore speak. In order for faith to be in its, to be operative and to reach its potential, faith has got to be in two places. You know where those two places are, right? Here and here. He says, "I believe," and therefore have I spoken. So we've been on a little journey, on a lesson on the spirit of faith. This is either week ten or eleven, and we've been looking at Hebrews chapter eleven. And we've been looking at all these heroes of faith, if you will, people in the hall of faith. We've looked at Enoch, we've looked at Abel, we've looked at Abraham, we've looked at Sarah, we've looked at Moses, we've looked at Joshua, we've looked at Rahab, amen? And so we've seen different qualities of faith in all of these people, men and women of faith. Years ago, Lester Summerall said this. I said this in an earlier lesson. He said, Faith is like a diamond. Like a diamond in that it has so many different beautiful facets to it. And I think that we see this in Hebrews chapter 11. So let's pick it up now in verse 32. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 32nd verse. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me. I know how that feels. The time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barack. You didn't know Barack Obama was in the Bible, did you? You should be praying for Barack right now. Major decisions. Okay. And Samson and Jephthah and of David also and of Samuel and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in faith, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead raised to life again. Wow. Others were tortured, didn't accept deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. That's got to be done by faith. And others had trial of true mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and being put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. Every one of them had the spirit of faith. And all these, having obtained a good report through what? Through faith. They received not the promise. Some of them didn't receive the manifestation that they would have liked to receive here on earth. But they got it when they got to heaven. God having provided some better things for us. That without us, we should not be made perfect. Now this. Last part of this chapter is loaded. I was so tempted just to move on to another series and to get into some other things. But these last several verses are really, really loaded. And we're gonna we're gonna highlight some of these as we wind down on our series on the spirit of faith. Say it with me, the spirit of faith. faith. It is the spirit of victory. Now, one of the people that we have seen in verse 32 is is Gideon. Gideon was a man who boldly, I mean, boldly destroyed idols. And he he was used by God to defeat a much larger army that he had at his disposal called the Midianites. If you want to do a study on the life of Gideon, you can look at the book of Judges. Yet Gideon, he was a man who doubted God at first. And he was also a man who repeatedly asked for confirmation. You know what this tells me? That God uses imperfect people. He uses people just like you and just like me. Gideon wasn't perfect. Was David perfect? By no means was David perfect. And yet David was a man after God's own heart. There it is again, the heart. In Judges 6, let's look at verse 12 through uh, verse 16. And let's just kind of summarize a few of these men and women of faith. Judges, the sixth chapter. In verse 12, and the angel of the Lord. Here's another angel. Angels of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him the Lord is with thee thou mighty man of valor how many of you know God sees us oftentimes the way we don't see ourselves he called him a mighty man of valor and Gideon said unto him oh my Lord if the Lord be with us why then is all this befallen us in other words how can this be things are going so lousy and where be all his miracles which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us, and he's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Doesn't sound like faith to me. Well, he wasn't in faith yet. But God kept working with him. And I'm glad for the patience of God. I'm glad he nurtures us and he, he brings us along. Amen. And verse 14, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and get in, you'll save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. And he said, You <laughs> just see the angel, Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I got thrown out of continuation school. I didn't get my GED till I was 60. (laughs) My family is poor. Your natural family has nothing to do with what God wants to do in you and for you and through you. We respect our natural family. But at the end of the day, we're hooked up and connected with the father and his family. And now we have friends in high places. You are connected to favor. He says, my my family is poor in in Manasseh. And not only that, but I'm the least in my father's house. Now that might mean I'm the youngest. I don't know for sure. I'm the youngest. Kind of like David was the youngest. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And if you trace this story all the way through, did you know it got done? Somewhere along the line, the spirit of faith got a hold of Gideon, and he believed God. And the Midianites, they were slain. How about Samson? Samson was mightily used of the Lord to defeat the Philistines, was he not? Yet Samson never reached his full potential. And Samson had a tragic ending to his life after being enticed by Delilah. But in spite of his enticement to Delilah, in spite of him blowing it at the end of his life, he brought down the pillars. He brought down the pillars. His hair grew back, and God strengthened him one more time. Glory to God. And I don't know if anybody has failed and missed it tragically in your life, but listen, it is not the end of the story if you will believe God. See, the problem with Samson was lust. And then He would go out after his hair was cut off. And the Bible says he didn't even know that the Spirit of God had left him. And so as a result, tragedy took hold of his life for a period of time. But at the end, hallelujah, Samson delivered. Now what this tells me is that in this Hebrews chapter 11, it's not full of perfect people. That gives me encouragement. Because I know me. Amen? And even though I'm complete in him, I'm still under construction. And by the looks of things, you are too. David, he was a remarkable man. Yet David also failed. He failed big time. Yet God used David. I can think of a, a time... There came down from the camp of the Philistines a giant by the name of Goliath. Goliath came on the scene and he was just waiting for the children of Israel to send out their biggest and their baddest. And David's brothers, you know, they were hiding and nobody wanted to go out and deal with, you know, Goliath because they saw him as a giant and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. But one day David came along at his father's instruction, to bring his father, brothers some food. And David came into the camp and said, what's up? What's going on? And they told him about but Goliath. And David, just a teen, the Bible says he was ruddy. He was young. David said, is there not a cause? Yeah. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. There came a lion after me one day, and I slew it. There came a bear after me, and I slew it too. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine, come on. He says, he's going to be just like one of them. Now, emphasis is on uncircumcised, which means he didn't have a covenant like David had a covenant. So it was a covenant issue. David was not afraid because he was a covenant man in covenant with a covenant keeping God. And he didn't see Goliath as unbeatable. He saw Goliath just as an obstacle in his way. And that day he slew a stone and it sunk into the forehead of Goliath. Goliath laughed at him. You'll hear the laughs of the enemy. You'll hear the checkmates of the devil. Goliath laughed at him. He said, am I a dog? You send a youth out here to meet? I'm bad. You coming after me with a stone and a sling? Here's what David said. He said, you know what? You may come after me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming after you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose God I am and whose God I'm served. And if you will track this 1 Corinthians or 1 Samuel chapter 17 through, you will say over and over again, and David said, say it with me. And David said, and David, said. David had the spirit of faith because he said what he believed. He believed God. And that was exactly the way that he said it. Because he knew that God was for him. Say with me, the spirit of faith. faith. It It is the spirit of victory. Wow. So you don't have to be perfect to make it into the hall of faith. Notice verse 33 again of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews uh, 11, says this, Who through faith subdued kingdoms and worked righteousness, they obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned the flight of the armies into the aliens. Women received their dead to life again. Wow! Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might receive a better resurrection. Some of these... Heroes of faith, they subdued kingdoms. David, Joshua, King Asa, Jehoshaphat, King Hezekiah, King Josiah, they subdued kingdoms. Some of them worked righteousness. Elijah, Elisha, and all the prophets of God. King Josiah also. Man, they worked righteousness. Remember the prophet called fire down to consume the altar? Glory to God. Some of them obtained promises. You know, I think about Gideon as we just looked at. But also there was Caleb. Think about Caleb. Caleb and Joshua. Man, they were kept out of the promised land for years. Because of the majority doubt and unbelief. But Caleb and Joshua didn't lose sight of their vision. Don't let time be the determining factor whether or not God is moving and God is working. Throw your watch away. Throw your clock away. Stay in faith. God doesn't work by time. He doesn't live in the dimension of time. He lives in the dimension of eternity. And if you put limitations on God... By putting a clock on him. And telling him when and where it's got to happen. That will not work. Amen. A I'd a whole lot rather have things come to pass just like that. How about you? Yeah. I'd a whole lot rather have this billing paid off yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But I still believe God. Yeah. I still believe God. Yeah. Now. Years and years passed away. But Caleb and Joshua did, didn't lose their vision. Because they know what God had told them. They could say, like Paul said, Wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What had God told them? God told them that the land is theirs. So 40 years later, sitting around a campfire. Caleb stands up. He says, I just want you to know that I'm as strong now in my 80s than I was in my 40s. And I love it. He says, wherefore, give me this mountain. You know what? They entered in and they got their inheritance. So that I'll encourage some of you. How many of you believe in God for something for longer than a year? How about two years? How about five years? Have you ever been discouraged because what you believe you have received hasn't come to pass? Yeah. Well, that's the devil's business. Stay encouraged in the Lord. Stay encouraged in the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Then there was a guy by the name of, uh, uh, of Daniel. See, some of those, they stopped the mouths of lions. Of course, David did. Daniel did. Daniel chapter 6, and we'll have to, to close here. Daniel the 6th chapter, verse 6. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Daniel chapter 6, verse 6 says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes who should be over the whole kingdom. And in in, uh, that was verse 1. Look at verse 2. And over th- these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel, verse 3, was preferred above the presidents and princes, because he had an excellent spirit that was in him, and the thing thought to set him over the whole realm. Verse 4, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. There was jealousy that came on the scene. But they could find no occasion of fault in him, for as much he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So we see a couple things about Daniel. Daniel was faithful. Daniel had an excellent spirit. We can be the same way. Verse 5, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except that we find it against concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled themselves together to the king and said to the king, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute or law, and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any man or God For 30 days, save of thee, O king, he be cast where? So king, please establish this decree, sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alters not. Once that decree was signed, even though the king wanted to change it, he couldn't, but was according to the law of Medo-Persian empire. It was so binding that the king himself could not change the law. Now, notice with me in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and locked himself in the closet. <laughs> no, he had the spirit of faith, remember? His windows were open toward Jerusalem, and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks. Before his God, as he did aforetime. He was not about to compromise. And then, of course, he was told on. They came to the king and said, King, you said that he must be thrown into the burning or into the den of lions. Okay? And verse 16 says, Then the king commanded and brought Daniel, cast him into the den of lions. And then the king spake and said unto Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. He must have made such an impression on that king that his king was in faith. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet, with the signet of his lords, that the purpose may not be changed concerning Daniel. Now, notice this. Then the king went to his palace and went to bed. No. He passed the night fasting. Neither were there instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Undoubtedly, Daniel had a better night's sleep than the king. (laughs) Lions all around him. Perhaps Daniel prayed in Psalms 22. We don't know for sure because we weren't there. Perhaps he prayed this like he prayed. David prayed, Lord, save me from the lion's mouth. And I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. One, one writer said it this way. He says, in any case, he must have had a glorious night. What with the lions and with the angels all night to keep him company? He was spending the night watches in grander style than the king. That was Spurgeon. Verse 19. Then the king got up early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And he came to the den and cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake to Daniel and said, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, who you serve continually, able to deliver you from the lions? (laughs) And Daniel said, That's right, king. Live forever. (laughs) Whoo! Glory to God. Notice this in verse 22. Let's read it together. My God, has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocence he was found in me and also before thee O king have I done no hurt well glory to God and then the king was glad and commanded that they should take him out of the den and that no manner of hurt would ever be done to him and here's what happened to the guys that turned him in They brought those guys which had accused Daniel. They cast them into the den of lions. They didn't have the spirit of faith. They had the spirit of strife. They were hung by their tongue. And the Bible says, They cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, their wives. And the lions had the mastery over them and broke all their bones in pieces Or ever they came to the bottom of the den. And Darius made it a decree, in verse 26, that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Because he delivers and rescues and works signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Verse 28, so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. I love that. So here's what the spirit of faith did for Daniel. Here's what living right with an excellent spirit and faithful did for, faith, being faithful did for Daniel. They plotted against him, but he made it through and was preserved and prospered and was honored because of his faith. We serve a great God. All we got to do is be faithful to him. Hopefully you'll never get thrown in a lion's den or a burning fiery furnace but there are some fiery tests that all of us face I love that what Oral Roberts said about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego you can all stand up I love what he said he said there was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the king came down and said I thought we threw three men in that burning fire furnace But I'm counting four. One, two, three, four. And he said, you know what? The fourth man, he says, the fourth one looks like the Son of Man. And then Oral went on to preach that classic message. Have you ever heard him preach Jesus in every book of the Bible? Who is that fourth man in Exodus? And he goes all the way through the book of Revelation. Who is that fourth man in Acts? He's the baptizer and the Holy Ghost and fire. In Romans, he's our justifier. In Corinthians, he's our sanctifier. In Galatians, he is the redeemer from the curse of the law. Glory to God. In Ephesians, he is the Christ of unsearchable riches. He goes right on, right on through the book of Revelation. And he ends in the book of Revelation. He's the soon coming king of kings. And Lord of (sighs) lords. Who is that fourth man? His name is Jesus. But Oral said this. They didn't bow. Therefore they didn't burn. And we don't have to bow either. The only one we're going to bow to is him. And to his word. And if you'll trust him with all of your heart. And believe Him. It'll be even as it was told you. Let's raise our hands and let's thank Him for the Word tonight. Father, we are encouraged because of the Word. We're encouraged because of the Spirit of the living God. I pray for my friends tonight. That none of them would cast away their confidence. Because Lord, we know that it has a great recompense of reward. I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us would patiently endure... And that we would stand under the pressure and overcome obstacles in our lives. Lord, for some of our friends tonight, it's been a long stand. It's been a a long journey. I'm asking for your grace to be poured out upon them. Lord, for your standing grace and your loving grace. And your embrace of love and your embrace of comfort. And your assurance to them knowing that you love them. And that you're working in spite of time. In spite of times they've failed. Lord, we thank you that you are the glory and lifter of our head. Say it in the heavenly father. I believe God. I believe you. And I put my trust in you tonight. And I declare. That it shall be. Even as it was told me. You know, I'd rather live that way. Than live anyway else. You. you know why? Because it gives you hope yes. for your future, Amen.